Top of the morning, lads and ladies. Support for the Off the Irish podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and you no longer need the look of the Irish with the ladies. When I tell you this is premium, <laughs> I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents with their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Get 20% off free shipping with the code IRISHPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code IRISHPOD. Use the right tools and jobs to trim your pan potatoes. Welcome back. How's everyone getting on? Doing good. Hey, how's it going? So today we're joined by Bruce Thomas. Bruce, how about you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Bruce Thomas and I play Adler, uh, Russell Adler in the new Call of Duty Cold War, um, along with uh, several of the games I've been in and I uh, have had a long, long on-camera acting career. So that's who I am. You've been doing it for a long time and I don't think that at this point there's any slowing you down. Um, so I hope not. Recently, uh, you did play Adler. Uh, which has been a big deal. People have loved the character. Some have hated him, um, depending on the ending they get. But right. we're not going to spoil that. Um, so this was a difficult game to make. You know, you guys were working during COVID, uh, which was difficult for everyone. But um, yeah, you had different aspects. You doing the motion capture, you had to do different voice lines. And unlike most other characters in the game, where they play only parts in the campaign or multiplayer or... The story, you do all of them. Um, so it must be pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's nice to find the arc of um, Adler. Sometimes he's, sometimes he's really cool. Sometimes he's super intense. Um, and that was all with the help of uh, Amanda Wyatt, our voice director, and along with the people from Raven and uh, Treyarch and the companies. But it was nice to see um, the, the many levels of Adler. It was cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, you got to build this character from the floor up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, we, we started two years ago, this process, uh, here in L.A. Um, went to, got to fly out to Raven Studios in Wisconsin and do some military training there. Um, but we built, yeah, we, we got to build Adler from the ground up because he had never been in the game before, obviously. And... Uh, so it was a very, very fun and cool process, especially coming from just a, a, a guy like me who, who does a lot of different genres of acting. So I do film TV, um, not just games. And so uh, all the military information that I got from the specialists at Raven Studio specifically really helped me a lot zero in on what the, the world of Call of Duty is all about and how, how to portray somebody in that world. It was really fun to find. Yeah, and uh, needless to say, you did a good job. Um, Thanks. You know, people are loving us. Uh, Thomas over here, he did a playthrough of the game, and uh, you know, his mind blown at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, it's quite an ending. Uh, we, yeah. I guess we won't spoil it for people, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, I guess the, the the through line is the thing to to know when you're when you're playing this game. Uh, and you discover it about halfway through is that things are not what they seem they are. Oh yeah. So that's the fun. That's the, I think that's the fun part for the, for the players. I think a big yeah. thing is, you know, big question you have to ask yourself in the game is <clears throat> whether to trust you, your character or not. That comes into play right. to a lot of times. Yeah. Right. Right. It's the whole mind meld of uh, being in uh, a big old complicated conflict like we had with, all of you know Russia at that point, and 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 the things and the and all the levels of what's at stake in real life, you know, because these guys, when we first started this project, they they informed me that this is um, based on real life stuff. These guys actually existed, and uh, this all of this information was recently, well, 2014. It was declassified that these guys existed, and. Um, None of, none of their missions were declassified so this isn't it, the actual plot of the what we do in the game is not is not truthful you okay. know because they didn't 
they didn't declassify any of their actual missions, but the, the fact that they actually existed was declassified. Hmm. Huh. Okay, I didn't know that part. I, I didn't know that's a bit I, terrifying. I don't replace some yeah. two character. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. Um, what, what what a hell of a character, and <laughs> you know, all done during COVID, which in itself right. was a challenge. Uh, you know, you were saying at this before we started. There was a point where you just went into it and then there was a point where you just had to uh, pull the brakes and you couldn't even do the mocap stuff. Well, like I said, we were doing a bunch of military training and that, and really starting starting the ball off uh, doing all the foundational work. And then we started doing the motion capture scenes, um, actually getting into the work of the game. And then it was quickly pulled <laughs> in January. Oh, no, March. Um, we got some good stuff done in... Um, I guess late last year and then early into January and February. And then we had just really gotten the ball rolling, you know, had built up some momentum shooting it and then had to pull the plug. So that meant, Oh, I can't even imagine what that meant for the animators. Cause that just tripled their workload. Mm. So they had to animate everything rather than, you know, get it from us. Yeah. Which is uh, rough. You know, you hear in the industry uh, that, they have a lot of work that sometimes they'll sleep over into places to get work done. And, uh, there's a lot of unpaid hours. So something like that, especially during a pandemic sounds pretty awful, but, uh, yeah. look in the end it got done and it's probably the, one of the best looking games of the year or yeah, probably it is. Um, in a, in, a, in a way, I wonder, I would be interesting to talk to the guys at Raven and Treyarch. And, and, uh, it may be because of the pandemic that it looks so good, because maybe people were quarantined and just spent 24 hours <laughs> working on the game. Um, but yeah. for whatever the reason, you're right, it looks, it's, it's amazing the work they did. Yeah, because, you know, there's less time limits. You could spend, you know, three days doing a, a bullet tracer or the sound of a shell dropping to the ground. You can just take your time on it, which is mm -hmm. pretty rare in a lot of industries. Yeah. Like, you know, yourself as an actor, things get rushed like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They said, yeah, usually, on a, especially when you're on a movie or a TV show, they'll set up the scene for sometimes, depending on the complications of the scene, they'll set it up and light it and, 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 and arrange all the stunts and everything for hours yeah. and then bring the actor on set and they go, okay, go. We got, we got like, we got 10 minutes before the sunset, so let's get it, get it done right now. You have to really wonder about that. I've been on set a couple of times and seen this happen. They will spend the first four hours setting up the scene, do it six or seven times within 20 minutes. But like, they're just so like, it's like their heart's going to stop if they don't get it done. Like they're just really excited to get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Actors always have to be ready. Always have to be ready. Well, that's the stressful part about being on a, on a location and, and doing a film like that in a TV series is uh, the stressful part is having to be ready to go at a moment's notice. You'll get the knock on the trailer door uh, when you least expect it, <laughs> sometimes yeah. at inconvenient times. And, but you have to be ready to go all day long. And so by the end of the day, Jesus, you're exhausted just from being having to be ready to go all day. Yeah, you're always on edge. Which isn't we, fun. We talk to a lot of actors and... I guess people don't give enough credit for how actually stressful the job is because yeah. sometimes you're working paycheck to paycheck and sometimes, you know, nine, nine times out of 10, you're told no for a role. It's, it's tough. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's, after it's you've me. invested uh, a lot, you become, you know, you, you, you invest the most vulnerable part of yourself. You give of yourself completely um, in just in the hopes that you'll get hired to begin with. Right, and then and then, like you said, nine out of ten times it's no. Which so you sucks. have to develop a thick skin very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't take it to heart. Uh, and we'll don't get cynical. You can't get cynical. You have to keep it real and keep it pure and keep keep your heart in in the job. Every single job you do, you can't you can't go. Oh well, I'm gonna probably gonna lose this. No, you can't. You have to go for every single job 100. percent But uh, this is kind of brings me to another subject of how you got the job. Uh, we have some amazing stories from guys like James or Kamajalos Reyes about what it was like getting a pick for the role. So what's your story? It was fairly straightforward for me. Um, I auditioned with Ivy Eisenberg, the casting director. 
um, who I had a long history with. Um, and, I, and, and then when I went into the studio, we did, they, they paid me to go in and do, I guess basically you can think of it as an on-camera test. I went in the studio and put on the microphone hat, like, a, and we, we were doing some, um, they, by that I mean, we have a, actually a little stocking hat with a couple microphones mounted yeah. on the top. Yeah. And that's how we record in the booth sometimes so that we're free to move around. Um, and the fellas at uh, Raven were there. And um, like I said, we just kind of honed in on, um, just used my voice and kind of really honed in on it. And they were thank thankfully, and the fun part was they were really specific about what they, what they wanted Adler to be. And so we worked and worked and worked and got very subtle things and subtle changes and subtle shifts and got finally found the pocket where he lived. And uh, I was grateful for that. And 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 that I had found out at that session too that he spoke. He was going to speak some German and Russian in the game, and they wanted me to for the audition. And I said, I I nah, <laughs> I'm not prepared to do that, but it was really fun to do that in the game, eventually. Yeah. Um. So my process was very straightforward. Um, nothing special really happened for that one. Um, for Halo, which we may may or may not get into, but um, that was that was a little different. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when when James and Kamara got into it, they didn't know they were getting into a Call of Duty game. Did you know from the get-go? Yes. <laughs> um, I did. I'm trying to remember back exactly when I knew, but yeah, I remember. They knew it was for a shooter. They go in, but it wasn't until they had been accepted for all that they knew. Oh, it, was... it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the read with Ivy, the very first read I did was not, I didn't know. Um, I just knew it was a big combat game. Um, and then when I did go into the studio and met the guys, then I knew. Yeah. And, uh, did, did you know and, like how big this role was going to be? Hi. Uh, Cause you, you're basically yeah. the main character. Yeah. Like, we don't yeah. play as you, but you're, the main person we talk to. Yeah, and the guy that- In our head. Yeah, yeah, he gets in your head the whole game. Um, he's sort of narrating the story to you. And, and because he's coaxing the player along, um, especially in the, the part where um, we get Bell to retrace his steps in Vietnam, mm -hmm. where Adler is sort of feeding I want to talk about that. along on his journey. I his hate mind. that mission. That that is, mission. It's I called Red Door, that mission. And Oh my God. <laughs> I, I watched Thomas play that one and it was awful. You know, you're seeing the red door in the distance and yeah. you're like, oh God. Because <laughs> at the start, you didn't realize it was supposed to be like trippy. But then. Yeah, it's a little Alice in Wonderland going on. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a, it's strange. It really is strange. It's a little mind trip. Little, it takes you back to the 60s and LSD and, and uh, all the, uh, but the, you know, but oddly enough, we, we actually did some of these things too in real life. Um, we were brainwashing some people and doing some not so um, admirable things, uh, you know. Yeah. During the process. You know, the Cold War is certainly an interesting time. And it's, you know, it's, it's clear why they made a game about it, or they've made so many games about it. Um, but it's just, it's just so weird because, you know, Ireland has always been neutral, but to think that like the world could have ended at any second because of Russia and the United States. Right, right, and that's how I grew up as a kid. We were we were the ones. We were the generation that had to get under our desks for the nuclear, you know, fallout drills, like, as if that was going to help anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheap, you know, piece of plywood. Yeah, you'd be fine. Would you stop? Versus nuke, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine what that was like growing up. It was a constant um, stress. I remember that as a kid, and, and no kid should have to live that. But it was we knew it would, could happen at any moment of our lives because um, we had those drills and we had those conversations at home at the dinner table with mom and dad and what would we do and, um, and the latest updates on how many missiles Russia had and how many missiles the U.S. had and they were both facing each other and, and, and were we getting along, you know, and were there tensions, political tensions that were uh, about to trip something somewhere? It was just a, a very stressful time. Yeah, well, I suppose we've grown up in a much softer time. Yeah. Uh, 
like weird in different ways, but yeah, softer yeah. militarily. Like nine eleven happened when we were just babies, and yeah. I suppose the main combat of our lifetime has been against terrorism, and yeah. nothing else has really happened. Okay, it's, there's been a few things, but like none come to mind. But it was rough in Ireland in the eighties. I remember that. Mm. Mm. Fortunately, I don't. Um, yep. Yeah, we had a rough time. It was called the Troubles. Uh, and, you know, with Brexit, they think it could happen again. Hopefully it does not. Uh, no, it doesn't. Really hoping it doesn't. Really? Yeah. They're, think they're, they're, they're thinking it may? Because get to... they w technically they have to put down a hard border, which is kind of like oh. against the, the agreement they made. Um, it's because we have to deal with EU rules and the UK no longer does. As like both sides are now obliged to make a wall if the other doesn't, so ah. or a border. It's it's awful stuff, but hopefully yeah. it doesn't come to it. Yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> I got a bit dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, have you played the game? No, I've never played a video game. <laughs> I think you should try this one. Uh, yeah. Well, I I have an Xbox ordered. I'm trying to trying to find one somewhere. I have I'm trying all of my connections to and nobody's. Nobody even at the companies uh, can find them, but I've, I'm on a list to get one. So seeing you like playing the game, if that ever became a video, there, there's mine right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should definitely consider maybe like playing the game live to an audience. I think that would be very cool. I think yeah, you know, uh, watch that. like I said, a lot of all of us soldiers are close uh, from this game. We're all like family. We we have a group chat. We talk almost daily, um, and that was. Uh, Chris's idea, uh, Chris Payne's, uh, Gilbert, he plays Mason. Um, his idea was to, for all of us to get online, even if we don't play, it'd be fun to see us trip and fall and fail, <laughs> but to, to get online and play and have the fans join us. Yeah. Or at least do, a, do like a Twitch thing or something or a YouTube thing where it, it, you, people can see us and watch us fail. Yeah, that, that's one thing that was done with Modern Warfare. Some of the voice actors for that, you know, they joined certain streamers or YouTubers and the they kind of had the streamer YouTuber help them along so they could learn while they're playing. And it, it helped in the promotion of the game. Mm. It was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. I think it was the guy who played Ghost, if I'm right. I think you told me about that, Thomas. Yeah, I think that's right. I hope to God it's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you surprised me here because you said you don't play video games, yet you've been in so many of them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm just that generation. I remember... Um, you know, when I was when I was in high school, Pong came out. <laughs> That's how far back I go. Oh, so, you know, and I it was just my little my younger brother, who's nine years younger than me, started playing them. But it was just something that eluded me. I didn't really have any interest in doing it. Well, I suppose and that's fair. It's amazing to see how far they've come since that since Pong came out. Like oh. to what oh, yeah. we have today is it is Cold incredible. War versus Pong. Come on. <laughs> it's incredible. Like Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It truly um, is. I mean when I started I, when I first started doing um, the motion capture for Master Chief in Halo Four, that was when was that? That was ten or twelve years ago. And when I first oh, walked up downstage and there was televisions on the edge of the perimeter of the soundstage and I could actually see Master Chief moving with every move I took, it just blew my mind. The technology at that point was crazy. And it's doubled since then, or if not more. Yeah, which makes you wonder like, where's it going? Have you ever put on a VR headset? Uh, no, no, that I'm curious though. Oh have my you? God. Uh, yeah, I have put one or two on, but the technology there is actually terrifying. Like you, you'll you'll forget you're in VR. I've yeah, seen people. That sounds silly, but it's true. I've seen people react. You know, watching them react with uh, VR headsets on. It's yeah, it's scary looking. Yeah, you may give that a go sometime. Because it's amazing what they can do now. You can have um, haptic feedback gloves. So like, if you feel like you touch off an object, it'll put pressure on your fingers to make it feel like you're holding it. Oh. Uh, or to give it a sensation of touch. The way you move your fingers are the way it's going to move. Haptic uh, feedback suits. So if you get shot in the game, you're going to feel like getting hit on your body. Oh. <laughs> so, like, that's oh. terrifying. I wonder how many heart attacks that induces. <laughs> Yearly, probably too many. Um, 
But I, I heard there's places in the States you can go to, get in one of these suits, get the gloves, put the headset on, and just play whatever game they have to offer. That might be worth well, doing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. That'd be, yeah, I'll have to try that someday. You probably uh, imagine you can jump out of an airplane, do all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it is. It's a game for everyone. Oh, that sounds. <laughs> that sounds yeah, it'd so cool. uh, be I fun mean, to I... do it in like, like uh, do one of those in 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 one of those anti gravity chambers where you're actually flying, <laughs> it, where you're floating in the in this big huge jet stream of air off the ground, and then have a VR headset on. Oh, that'd be crazy. I can't imagine what that would actually feel like or what that would entail, but I like because it. then you have all kinds of people shooting at you or coming down and yeah. trying to kill you in midair or whatever. They should have you in charge of Treyarch making these ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm still amazed. You know, you haven't played video games, um, but you've acted in all of them. Um, like you've done Halo. I think you've done Halo twice, haven't you? I've done Halo 4, 4 and 5, and then uh, and now the new one, Infinite, so, which will be out. When will that be out? Next spring. It was pushed. It was supposed to be out this, this fall, but... Uh, they wanted to work on it some more. So um, that was a victim of the pandemic too. I was actually in Kirkland, Washington, the weekend that COVID entered the United States and the first person died. I was sitting in a hotel room for Halo in Kirkland, Washington, and we were shooting up there. Um, and then by that was on a Saturday and by Tuesday, nine people had died. And so I quickly asked 343 if I could get the hell out of there. And so they obliged. They actually shot me out early and and let me yeah. go home and that was it and then the whole the, the world shut down it's incredible to see how much the arts have suffered because of this you just said that you know halo was pushed back so so it's like i think only one film has come out this year since the pandemic yeah. like well, yeah. what like major film tenet yeah. It's, tenet yeah it's very sad to see. No, no offense to all the other filmmakers <laughs> no no sorry guys um but yeah tenet and that failed. That failed miserably. And it was supposed to it be a good did. movie. Yeah, it did. I, you know, I and I haven't read about why necessarily. Um, I suppose you just couldn't see it. Maybe. I mean, if, even if you could, you were less likely to say like, "Oh, guys, you want to go to the cinema?" Uh, you just or go with your family or so on. You know, you didn't feel safe going, so why would you go? Yeah. And I suppose it was a Marvel movie, and you were connected to it in the first place. It'd be a bit different. Um, but with Tenet being like this independent film, I don't right. know, would you? Right. Um, yeah, just just a bad timing on their part, just bad luck. Unfortunately, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, timing has been awful this year. Uh, yeah. But look, we're nearly out of it, and Lord knows what happens after that. Um, the bad rush. Hmm? I have already had friends uh, working on back back to work on TV series right now. Oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah, that's good to hear. They're in between takes. They they have the big face shield. Yeah. Something you know, they're being very very careful about it. So that's cool. I think kissing scenes and stuff like that are out. Um, yeah. Fight scenes are out. So we'll just get. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll it'll be crazy. It'll be interesting. But uh, it's good to see that, uh, people get back to work. I don't know if you saw that clip from a soap opera show. But two of the characters had to kiss, and in between takes, they must have they, they swapped out the girl for a mannequin and put a wig on the mannequin, <laughs> and it just oh, it are looks, you serious? It looks so bad. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it was very funny. It was just entertaining to watch, just to see what they can try to do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have a buddy on a soap. Uh, I should I should reach out to him and see if he's doing that too. I used to do yeah, soaps. That's Kissing, kissing on soaps when you're young and pretty and working with a beautiful cast. That's, 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 that's the fun part about being on a soap. <laughs> it sucks that they have to kiss mannequins. There you go. So, yeah, I suppose you weren't always Adler. You weren't always Master Chief. You had to start somewhere. When did you start acting? And how did you get into it? When I, I, was, uh, I was 20 years old, and I was going to school down in North Carolina at Wilmington. University of North Carolina at Wilmington. I was a biology major, a marine biology major, actually. And uh, it was, you know, I was getting up into organic chemistry and physics and taking the classes that were not very fun. So I was kind of wandering and I had always been 
I had always been a musician. I'd always been a writer. And I always, I always had art, even though I grew up on a farm. I had always been one of those people that delved in the arts. And so, but just didn't, just didn't think about doing that for a living. Anyway, cut to a movie studio uh, operated by Dino De Laurentiis opened up in Wilmington and they had an open call for extras to be in, in their first movie. So I went down to the, to the hotel where they were having these extra calls and I was standing in line and some of the people that ran the auditions uh, pulled me out of line and said, hey, dude, you're the perfect size, the perfect weight to be the stand-in for our lead actor, David Keith. Would you like to do that? And I said, well, what does it pay? Because extras paid $15 a day. <laughs> And so, oh my God! I thought we were paid bad here. What do you mean it's fifteen dollars a day? Extra to be an extra in it. And so they said, no, the stand-ins get forty. I said, done. I'm in. <laughs> what do I do? So then I got to spend the next six weeks on the set with Martin Sheen and with uh, David Keith and with Drew Barrymore, who ended up being friends with her and her mom. Even you know, she was nine years old at the time, but I befriended her mom, and and I was like, became eventually became like an older brother to her. Anyway, I just felt like uh, all these crazy circus folk that worked on movies were my kind of people. Um, and, I, and I just fell in love with the process. Um, and I got to rehearse a scene opposite George C. Scott, who was like three feet from me looking in my eyes and acting. And it just blew me away, um, the power of it. And so right away, I, uh, Drew Barrymore's mom actually suggested that I go see her friend in New York City. Um, Anna Strasberg and, and her husband, Lee Strasberg, ran the actor studio. And so I did. I just packed my bags and I'd never had been to New York and I moved. <laughs> and, I, and she took me under her wing and I got into the Strasberg Institute and uh, started doing plays and, and eventually commercials and got into theater uh, um, on plays and theater. And, um, and then uh, just kept going from there. Yeah, there's a story, uh, but sorry about that. But uh, no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I was 20 years old. No. I wasn't one of those theater kids. No. Yeah, and there's plenty of them, and it's totally cool, and how people get into it. Um, but it's amazing. You, you wanted to be in that industry. Uh, a lot of people fall into it, and mm. thankfully, it went well for you, for, for you for the, from the get go. Well, it was definitely a roller coaster. I mean, it's, uh, oof, man, it's a hard life. Uh, you know, people always tell you that and they, and they, they warn you yeah, that. Yeah, paycheck but... to paycheck, it's, it's rough. And sometimes those paychecks are a couple of years apart. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's just tough. It's just really tough. Mm. But it's, it's very rewarding at the same time. And partly because of that, because you survive and you have a lot of pride in surviving. You know, a lot of people say you got to want it to actually like stay in it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's oh, probably boy. not worth it. You gotta really want it, you know. Oh boy, you do. Yeah, you do. You yeah, you do. You can't you can't try it on and see if it works. You have to really go for it and commit to it. You know, I'm I'm thinking about the people right now who are listening only listening to this, not watching this, and what they're hearing right now is Adler talk about the struggles of being an actor. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that so much. Uh, I have to rewatch this on uh, on audio only. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> well, actors and Adler's an actor in, in a way. You know, he he goes undercover and he pretends to be German, pretends to be Russian. He's a, he's a good actor, I think. He's a very good actor. Very true. Very. <laughs> All these Which guys makes you a very good actor. There you go. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like it's probably one of the best performances we've seen in the Call of Duty game. Oh yeah. Um, like, no no offense to Sam Worthington, but even when he played Mason in the first game. You know, his Australian accent slipped through a couple of times. Mm. Uh, and, you know, not the best. Um, but then the way you you performed this it was just, just amazing. There was not one moment where I was like, there's an actor in here. It's just, as far as I know, this guy could be real. This story could be unfolding before my eyes. Mm. That's such a compliment. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you saying that. It was a very immersive experience, which is... I guess what they want in games nowadays. Um, so yeah, amazing. But you didn't only do. Um, oh yeah, you, you didn't only do the campaign. You also did the zombies part, which yeah. is a first for Call of Duty. What was that like? Because that sounds fun. 
it is fun. It's a whole, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it wasn't as immersive in, in production as it was uh, doing the, the campaign. I'm sure they didn't have zombies on set, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no. We didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get to do any motion captures for zombies. That would have been fun. But uh, I did get to see some footage about what the world was like, you know, go looking for the little clues and looking for weapons or looking for whatever your mission is. Um, so it was mostly just a VO experience for that section of the game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming with the multiplayer, it was just a lot of shouting. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, in, in fact, I had to uh, deliver some gifts to my neighbors here. I live in a building, so <laughs> I have my booth that we're talking to. I'm sitting in my booth right now. This is in my kitchen of my apartment. And uh, it's a it's a physical thing. You know, it's, it's five by five. It's all soft and carpeted and um, it's almost... I mean, it, it dulls down a lot of the sound, but at the same time, when I'm doing combat screams, that's those are real. Those are top of my lungs, just going for it. Yeah. And uh, and the people below me, <laughs> and the people on both sides, got a little <laughs> note on their door and a little gift from me in the form of cookies to say, "This is what I do, and I apologize for for a couple hours today. It's going to be, you know, you're going to wonder what the hell's going on in the building." But and the, the feedback was great. It was like, dude, do your thing. Or the, you know, the, the person below me said, oh my God, you do that for a living? That's a thing? Holy cow, that's cool. <laughs> that does sound pretty nice. I think there's an actual nice. war going on upstairs in your booth. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember watching a clip from Gary Oldman. Uh, he's on the Graham Norton show. And he was explaining like what it's like voice acting in the Call of Duty game. And he played the character of Reznov in, in Black Ops 1 and World of War. And he said, like, for the combat sequences, it's just so much screaming at the top of your lungs. Uh, and by the end of it, you're just knackered. You're just wrecked. You are. You are. And soaked, by the way. I mean, it's a sweaty experience doing that. Um, <laughs> I remember for... How? <laughs> well, you're just, you're, you're just using all of your energy. You're, you're, you're not running in place or anything. So, well, sometimes you are, actually, um, to try to get the... Um, try to make yourself present in the situation if you're running up on a soldier and trying to help them pull them up so yeah you do a lot of physicality but um but just that's how that's how loudly you're in that's how deep the emotion goes when you're yelling in combat you put yourself there mentally first scared out of your mind or in adler's case too cool for school Un unusually cool and <laughs> you know thankfully for you when playing adler it was basically just your speaking voice now there's a couple little things but it's Basically, just you talking right now. Yeah. And, yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, so some of, some of your lines are amazing. Um, you know, like, I don't know, the way you say Perseus just, I, I love it. Perseus. Um, yeah, it, it just sounds so menacing. Because yeah, so, you sound menacing and you make him sound like the world's biggest threat, which in the game he is. Yeah. I don't like Perseus. I don't <laughs> like him. Amazing. Um, I never got the I never got to meet the guy that voices him, but uh, there were there were some some ideas about some celebrities that they wanted to get for for Perseus, which I, I probably shouldn't say, but it was well, going mean, to be exciting. I, I never got to meet the guy. I mean, it didn't happen, so it's just an idea. Mm. Um, but yeah, they they do have a history of putting um, big stars in the games. Um, did they put Conor yeah, McGregor in the really, game? It didn't really happen. I, I was. I was told that there, I would probably be on the mocap stage with somebody making a lot more money than me and to be aware of that, <laughs> to be okay with that. Um, and so I was, I was willing to accept it, but it never happened, hmm. unfortunately. I believe, I don't think James Burns and Sam Worthington actually met for the entire process that they're filming Black Ops 1. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> now he did meet Kamar Dallas Reyes. Those two were very close and apparently they're still very close and he does the voice for the villain in Black Ops 2. Ah. Hmm. Was Conor, I, th I would think Conor McGregor was Infinite in Infinite Warfare. Yeah. yeah, he was in that one. I think he was the villain. For and Infinite it just Warfare. looks like him. I'm looking at it now. Oh. It, it looks exactly like him. <laughs> which is terrifying. You see Conor McGregor in a video game. Yeah. Look, you run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's well, a for Sims, Sims uh, they did a, a, a exact likeness for Sims as well, which I'm sure you probably read about. But... Um, and Lily, I think. I think we're having Sims on. Okay. Yeah, we're having Sims on. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, that, that's exactly who he is. He looks, Sims looks exactly like Reggie. Yeah. Uncanny. I suppose you look a bit like Adler in all fairness. Just don't have the big blonde mop and the, and the big scars. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to use my likeness, but I think I'm too old. Actually, I, I I don't know for sure, but I think that's what came into it. And I think, but, but he does. He lo he looks. He's a similar look than I do. He's just yeah. scarred up a little. That's that must be a pretty cool feeling. Like you're kind of immortalized in that game. That's one thing I I love. I love for actors. Like even if they, unfortunately, people do pass away. When they pass away, they're immortalized in these things. Like Chadwick Boseman, he's passed away. He's forever going to be the Black Panther. Yes. And that's what, uh, that's the other stressful part about being an actor is you know that whatever you are doing is going to be around forever. Or as long as people have watched video, yeah. you know, you're, you are immortalizing yourself for all time. So if you want to take on that pressure, you can, um, but you learn to not, because it'll drive you nuts if you think about that too much. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sometimes I think about, you know, a couple hundred years down the line, my great 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 grandkids is going to be watching this podcast. <laughs> and if you are, little, little Tommy, let me tell you, I'm so proud of you. Little Timmy. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, you know, I'm so glad you're the world's first space pirate. You've truly made me proud. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's one thing that, that is terrifying of any kind of media that gets recorded. It's out there forever. You know, well, YouTube may not last forever, um, but it's, it's done a decade so far. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's stuff like that's going to be there forever. As long as we consume media, whatever's here at the moment is going to stay. And, you know, like Thomas said, you know, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, someone could be watching anything. Someone could be playing the, uh, the Cold War game. They could be playing Fallout 4 during an apocalypse. They could be playing Halo when they're in like the Space Age 2.0. And when yeah. they're done, they're going to come here to this podcast and think, hey, yeah. they'll all be coming here after. After all is said and done, or they could be drifting and drifting in space somewhere, uh, you know, and it just comes through through space and people, oh, what's that? Oh, click on that. So there's a there's so I can't even imagine how much information you said YouTube's been up for ten years. How many billions and billions and billions and trillions of uh, bits of information are will be floating around for all time? <laughs> that's a that's a a big time capsule. Let me take a look. I'll answer that question now. <laughs> it says estimated size of YouTube may be in one maybe in some exabytes which is one trillion gigabytes 400 plus hours of videos are uploaded every minute on YouTube <laughs> one trillion gigabytes that's, that's a lot a, of video guys that's a fair, that's a fair amount now an that's, exabyte that's what? yeah that's a big number, so, you know, you know I suppose we're, we're putting a little splash in that little bubble. I'm going to be bubble. really disappointed now, you know. We only have about maybe 100, 100 plus hours, maybe maybe 200 hours worth of stuff. So if my little grandson doesn't watch all our videos, <laughs> Stop. you little shit. No, right. <laughs> Go to your room or something. I don't care. I'll be dead. <laughs> so have, have you received like a lot of a lot of press for this game? Like, have you got a lot of interviews? No, I did one for the Washington Post. Um, uh, I'm scheduled to do another podcast. I, no, not a lot. Not, not yet. I'm really surprised. Like, you know, it's the biggest game to come out this year. Yeah. I, I'd expect We expected to spend like the next four or five months trying to book, book a day we could do this. And uh, fortunately, we got to it today. We weren't sure about it, but we got it. Yeah, yeah. I need some more followers, that's for sure. On Instagram, I go by Mr. Mr. Bruce Thomas, so Mr. Period, Bruce Thomas, and then on mm. Twitter, I'm Real Bruce Thomas, R E E L Bruce Thomas. So, yeah. for those listening, come join me. You know where to find them. I need yeah. to build an army. Need to build well, an army of my own. That, that's what um, a lot of people do after these games. Um, you know, they kind of ride the wave of the game and does well for them. Like James C. Burns, he's seventy-five thousand subscribers. And wow. You know, he's not slowing down. Uh, when Cold War was announced, it, it got even bigger. Um, so, you know, you never know. Yeah, how to capitalize on that escapes me. I'm, I'm again, not from that generation who, 
who, you know, I was thinking about this too the other day. I was talking James, to you. James is older than you, I think. He's 61. No, oh, he's 61. He's two years older than. Well, um, he claims to be 61. Nobody believes it, but go on. He's looking well for a 61 year old. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Julie Nathanson, who plays uh, Sam in the zombies part, um, about this. And, uh, you know, the way I was raised on a farm, I was never raised to bring attention to myself as a Midwest boy in Michigan. Um, it's just not something you do, right? You don't say me, me, me. And that's what this whole social media thing is set up to do. You, you have to think, how do I draw more attention to myself? And it's just sort of an odd odd thing for me to deal with so it's a little i suppose the way it says learn... say that again sorry i no, i just have to learn how to do it yeah yeah i suppose what helps the consciousness for myself and thomas is you know it's not us being here like me 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 it's we're trying to get a guest on we want to hear their story and what they've been through and like for yourself it's what you've done in the last year two years uh and have a conversation about it so we're more so like it, you, 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 you know? Right, right. For you guys, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have to find, uh, yeah, I have to think of myself as a brand. Sort of yeah. just, you're just yourself. When you, when you right. sign up for social media, you're trying to sell yourself. That's the whole thing about it, you know? I suppose, yeah. yeah. Maybe you want to be informed. You never know. There's different reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we're, we do marketing at the moment, and that's one thing uh, – kind of freaks me out is the, the way everything's built like the way people market without you knowing they're marketing uh yeah ter terrifies That's, me yeah yeah it's, it's a weird one anyway how but, long have you guys been doing uh six months oh. we six started months, during covid 112 interviews oh wow 45 episodes it was a we, we graduated from secondary school which is like the equivalent of getting out of high school in america not we graduate is it i'm not sure but we graduated out of that um it was we didn't actually graduate because covid was hit in the middle of it and but uh -huh. then we were told our exams were cancelled and we were like we were kind of bored with ourselves um we there was three of us there's only two of us now but our other friend dara who funnily enough has gone off to be a marine biologist he uh, left the show. <laughs> wow, fascinating. And Good for him. Yeah, no, he's enjoying it anyway. He had to move county and everything during COVID. Um, the oceans need protecting. I'm still a huge, huge fan of the oceans and ocean work. So they need, they need protecting. They need uh, saviors. And so good for him. Yeah, we, we try to get environmentalists on to talk about this kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, we're supposed to have two guys on tomorrow, but unfortunately we have to reschedule for us. Uh, you know, I think I think about the same time we started this podcast, I planted a tree, so it's kind of interesting every now and then to see it, it grow as, along with the channel. So I did that boy on the farm. I remember getting a tree, a sapling from the governor's wife at the time in Michigan, and I think it was a Boy Scout thing. And so I came home and I planted it on our property, and sure enough, like it was a pine tree. So it started out a foot, and then twenty-five years later the thing is a towering monster of a tree. It's beautiful. I suppose time and patience is, I suppose, a path to anything. Yeah. Uh, we, all, we all want things to happen pretty instantly nowadays, but, uh, you know, it kind of needs time. Uh, That's the thing that your generation, I think, just needs to keep in mind. You know, just let, be patient, let things, yeah. don't be in such a hurry. Yeah. I think um, COVID has like, definitely given us a chance to relax for some people. Yeah. I think since like, 2000, our average attention span has gone down by four seconds. And I kind of, <laughs> no, no, genuinely. And I think you can see the, the way that crosses with the popularization of the internet and everything. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, you definitely see that come into play. And faster internet. I got oh, faster yeah. internet today and I'm so impatient for everything now. <laughs> got new Wi-Fi yeah, installed. It, my kids are grown, but I, I remember them being on the couch in high school and not being able to put down their phone while we're watching a movie. I'm, you know, they're on their phone checking it. And I said, well, you pay attention. You're going to miss something in the film. You're going to pay attention to the film. No, it's fine, Dad. We're, we're fine. We're good. You know what's terrifying is they're, they can pay attention to both. Yeah. It's impressive. I guess. 
Um, so do you ever watch any of your old movies? Like Legally Blonde no. 1 and 2? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, every once in a, in a, in a, in a long while, I'll, if it's on, uh, I'll stop for a sec, see what's going on. And it always amazes me the time capsule that that was, you know, it's 20 years ago, so I'm much younger. Um, and it's a good little tight little story. It's a, it's a little fun story that people like, so. Yeah. Uh, Nothing embarrassing about it, that's for oh sure. God, God, no, no. It's an honor to be in that film, are you kidding? Yeah. I'd love to be yeah. in the, no, you know. It's an honor to be in any film, to be honest, even like the yeah. bad ones. Uh, I, know, I know some people we've had on aren't very proud of certain films I've done, but uh, you know, you have to do it. You know, as an actor, you can barely afford to say no, uh, depending on your situation. Right. But, right. you know, any story is kind of what the actors make it. You know, you could have an amazing script and terrible actors or a terrible script and amazing actors. It could go either way. Well, that's way. the beauty nightmare of it is it's, it, it's by nature, it's a collaborative art. So you, you have to trust each other, yeah. directors. Uh, you know, DPs, photographers, you uh, producers, even um, you have to trust each other's talents and hope that, you know, cross your fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. And Editors, least... especially. Hmm? Editors, especially. Yeah, they've, they've got a hard job sometimes. Or easy footer. Um, but yeah, the reason I asked is because we've had other actors on and they say that, you know, they can't bear to watch their own stuff because of the, like, they, they were there, they, uh, they put the hours in. And they're sick of it now. Well, or if they do watch it, it's to reflect or to improve on their acting methods. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my, my, I, I don't, whenever I do a new job on camera, um, I generally don't, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It's still fresh in my mind. Having done it, the performance from the inside, looking outward, so to see it from the outside, I don't, I don't want it to interfere with my experience of having shot it. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I, yeah. when I, when I'm acting, when I live a part, it's, it's really, I'm giving a part of me to that performance. And so I have that experience and I know how I felt when I was experiencing it. And so to see it from the outside may, may or may not change that. So I avoid seeing it for as long as I can. And usually several years down the road, then if it comes up, I'll, ref I'll actually, kind of cringe for a second go okay i'll fucking watch it uh, and then it comes on and then I'm, I'm i'm often more often than not pleasantly surprised by what i see uh, but that's that's basically my philosophy is that i don't like to um i just want to keep the experience of having done it from the inside looking outward yeah i have never watched our one of our podcasts back i have Done 144 podcasts now, and I have not watched a single one of them back simply because yeah. I do not want to see what I was doing during it. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified to look at the early ones, like the first one. Oh, Christ. I feel like I'd actually get sick. I'd you know? throw up. We, we had terrible mics, we had no video. It was just three lads talking about I stupid have shit. <laughs> a little camera set up here. So, what I had to do was I had to take this off, take the mic off. It's for, it's for a boom pole. And I had to get my seat really low down and plug it into the computer, lean over <laughs> and be talking like this. So there was no, there's no, uh, like, no, they couldn't see us at the time. We didn't have webcams. Um, oh, I see. But it was, it was an awful situation. If anyone walking in, like, just me down here, like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. No, it was a sight to behold. Um, and I'm glad not many people did. God, we evolved beyond that. We still get people that go, I'm checking out the first episode of your podcast. But no, check out the new one. <laughs> no, so no. Look at Bruce Thomas. That's a great yeah. one. <laughs> oh, sometimes I'll look back at it. You know, I remember seeing some of the old soap stuff. By nature, the soap work is really hard to do because you're under such a time crunch. There's just, mm. just you have, you have one or two takes at the most um, to, to get the scene done. And it's a full scene. It's like 20 pages and so, or 10 pages whatever it is. <clears throat> and so, I mean, it's not perfect, you know, it's not going to be, but, yeah. uh, and the, and the, and the way they light soaps is very harsh and unforgiving to begin with. It's not like a film films make you look beautiful and take all the, the glare and all the, the hard edges away from you and, and round off and soften everything about you, make you look beautiful. Soaps are just harsh. <laughs> and so <laughs> when you add, when you add not perfect, uh, acting and, and the harsh lighting it's uh sometimes it's difficult to watch yourself 
I remember doing Young and the Restless in one of the regular, I was doing it for a summer storyline and I would go onto the parking lot and I was sitting in my car just going over what I had just done. And like you said, like we talked about before, it's now out in the world for everyone to judge. I just did it. And the, a guy that had been doing this soap for years and years came out and said, what's going on? And I said, and I told him, I was just sort of, he goes, you want to know something? Every day when I'm done with work, I come out in my car and I nearly throw up in the parking lot. And then I come to terms with what I just did. And then I let it go and I go home. Jesus. It's so. Jeez, it sounds like he's doing some kind of nasty porn. <laughs> like he's doing a TV show. Like he's just revealing himself on a TV show for people to judge and to watch every single day. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that, and that's that's how the stress uh, happened for him. You know, after hearing that, I might take it easy because I watch. There's like this English show called Carnation Street, and I can't stand one of the characters in it now. But I'm actually going to go a bit easier on them. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand them either, Thomas. So that helps. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to talk to him. In all fairness, <laughs> go easy on, go That's easy the on them. They're, you know, they're doing, they're doing tough him. work. <laughs> yeah, they're doing, they're doing hard work, and I don't think they get the appreciation for it. Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, you do one, you do a bad character once, and then people are going to associate that with you. Was it there, there was a kid in Harry Potter, and he played, he played a, like, was it in Harry Potter? Well, I know that. It was like to play Malfoy. People didn't go. like him afterwards. Tom Felton, but people love him now, though. Tom Felton's so, having. Oh, no, it's last from Game of Thrones. He was the uh, the little kid. Oh, uh, the guy that played. Oh, I can't think of him now. He was Joffrey. The little, Joffrey, yeah. Oh. That yeah. Guy, I think he's, he's finished with acting as a result. Um, oh, that he, breaks my heart. Yeah, they bullied, people like bullied this guy because they didn't like his character. And it's, it's, it's the idea people can't separate the, the person from the character. Yeah, it's, a, it's so unfortunate. We strive to do that. We strive to make it as believable as we can, right? And but what happens when it's but, too believable? Yeah, yeah, and sometimes people can't separate the two. Or yeah, but that's that's one of the reasons that acting looks so easy to people. You know, they the good ones make it look really easy, and so people think just general casual fans watching a show or a movie think it's anybody can do it, right? Well, but anyone can, but you need the right skill set to be good. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's 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 certainly a hard one, but look, Bruce, you're doing a good job, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the master, uh, not Master Chief, the next Halo game to come out because I am an Xbox guy. It'll be exclusive, I, as far as I know. So, be looking forward to it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Me too. So, I suppose. Do you have anything you want to promote before we we finish this up? I wish I could. I, I have some things coming out that I can't talk about due to NDAs. And that's the way the world is now. Um, but yeah, How about some your exciting social media? Stuff. Oh, just the social media. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. Get it out there. Love to Come hear. on aboard. Go join them. Make sure like to order play find them. Call of Duty Cold War. Daring. This guy right here. Adler. <laughs> Russell Adler. Like, fuck <laughs> that's such a cool character. <laughs> yeah alright so if you this far um, you know thanks for joining us and hope you enjoyed thank, thank you so much I did I had a great time thank appreciate you guys it.